0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cassada Conversations, episode three, with the Cassida President and Executive Director. I'm Sam Atkinson, the 2020 21 Cassida President and Associate Athletic Director for Communications at Gallaudet University. I'm here live in Ellicott City, outside of Washington, D.C., and I'm joined. Like SIDA Executive Director Doug Vance in Tucson, Arizona. Doug, how's it going?
1: It's well, going okay, Sam. Uh, in the month of December is my favorite month, and um, hopefully the holidays will bring a little bit of cheer to our lives. I- I'm hopeful of that at least.
0: I agree, and I definitely always look forward to the holiday season. Uh, definitely different this year, of course, um, but definitely hope everybody in our membership and organization um, is safe and healthy during this holiday. A reminder to our audience, what is CASIDA Conversations? This is a monthly conversation between the CASIDA president and executive director to discuss all things CASIDA, the profession, and our members. We wanna make sure everyone knows what the organization is doing, discussing, and what items, projects, or initiatives we are working on. On this episode, Doug and I will provide CASIDA news updates as we have a chance to elaborate on some recent announcements, plus plug several CASIDA items at the end of the show. We will be joined today by several guests, including KSIDA Second Vice President, Jessica Poole, from Chicago State University, and KSIDA Third Vice President, John Paquette, from the Big East Conference. Plus, two KSIDA staff members join us in Associate Executive Director, Will Rollison, and Director of External Affairs and Professional Development, Barb Kowal. And most importantly, we want to hear from you, our members. Each episode, we will open up the mailbag and answer questions from our members, so don't forget to submit your questions online or DM us through Twitter, at Sam Atkinson, S-I-D, or in, and at uh, D Vance Casida. So let's get started for the third episode. Doug, this has definitely been an unusual fall semester for collegiate athletics. Our members continue to adapt and change daily in this COVID world we are living in. It's championship weekend for FBS football programs and basketball season is underway in different ways across all divisions. It's great to see some normalcy but we still have a long way to go to get back to where we were before Doug what's your thoughts right now about how this fall semester has played out
1: well the good news is that student athletes um, have had an opportunity to compete in some instances it's been it's been a certainly an up and down situation on scheduling it's forced a lot of people to uh, adapt um, it's not ideal but but this is all about student athletes and giving them the opportunity to have uh, competition in their lives. And um, for that, I'm grateful. I don't know what's, what, uh, what's ahead, but obviously the best word that we're all dealing with is uncertainty. I, I can't think of a better word that describes what we're dealing with, but uh, I'm just happy student athletes are having some opportunities to compete.
0: I agree. And it definitely seems like health and safety continue to be number one priority for everyone involved in higher education and collegiate athletics. Um, and that's definitely important um, as we keep moving forward uh, this, this this academic year. But Doug, really the big news today uh, that impacts our organization and membership um, and NAC did just recently announced, alongside with CASIDA, that the 2021 conventions will be going virtual um, yet again. I know this news is disappointing for so many, but going back to health and safety for all involved, it is the right decision uh, to be cautious and not lose sight of that. Doug, what's your initial thoughts on this news?
1: Well, I, I certainly agree with you. It's disappointing in, in many levels, uh, but, but it is what we have. And, and, and like everything we've done during this pandemic, we'll make the best of it. And um, the good news is we're, we're finding out early enough to, uh, to invest a lot of time into planning it. Last year, we found out in April, early April. And uh, knowing now will help us a great deal. Um, and I think from NACTA's point of view, uh, it wasn't not just because of the health and welfare, but it was about budgets. Schools have not budgeted for professional development. And the feeling was that we probably wouldn't see a lot of people attend under those circumstances. So it, it, it proves to be the right decision, as you, as you say.
0: Coming up after this break, we will bring in Uh, Jessica Poole and John Plaquette, the co-chairs of our professional development committee to discuss this news more in depth. We are now pleased to welcome in Casida second vice president, Jessica Poole from Chicago State University and Casida third vice president, John Plaquette from the Big East Conference. They are also the co-chairs of our professional development committee that handles continuing education and convention programming. Jessica and John are here to discuss more about this week's news about the Casada Convention being moved to a virtual setup in 2021. Welcome Jess and John.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. First, what's your just initial thoughts of the news of the convention going uh, virtual for a second year in a row?
2: You know, I think it's, um, it's disappointing because I think that we can all agree on this call that um, we enjoy getting together with our COSIDA family and spending time with each other and professionally developing. I think that it's, you know, a convention that everyone looks forward to. So in that respect, I think it's sad. So, you know, this is the second straight year that we're going to miss our big COSIDA family reunion. And I think that's, um, that's tough. Um, I do think that, you know, it's important that we err on the side of caution um, during this time, and I think this is really the best decision for all of us. However, it is disappointing to not be able to get together
3: with everyone.
4: Yeah, it's disappointing. You know, um, uh, I, I, I'm trying to figure out whether it's more disappointing for a second one, or I, I figured this was gonna happen this way. So, um, but it is a missed opportunity uh, to get together with people, and. Uh, I think we're all, a a lot of us are dying to do that. Um, but you know, it's, it's another, it's another challenge we have to face. And, uh, will do a good job with it.
0: How does this news happening in December help the professional development committee in its planning efforts compared to last spring when we only had a few months once that decision was made?
2: You know, I think that, um, First, just shout out to the group. They they really like turned on a dime last year and were very prepared um, and really put together a great, a great convent, virtual convention with little to no, no time. Um, I think this gives us a chance to plan a little bit better. It gives us a chance to reassess um, some of the landscape that, you know, the things and topics that we want to discuss. And so I think you know, while we certainly have um, experience in doing this on the fly, I think anytime we can give our committee a little bit of time, it also helps us plan for what, um, you know, our year round continuing ed will be as well. So I think it gives us time to really be intentional and strategic about our programming. And I think quite honestly, that's, that's the best thing to come out of this is just a little bit of, of extra time.
4: You know, and I think too, uh, I agree with Jess and, um... Uh, I mean, just from a practical standpoint, we're, quote, now more used to this kind of thing. And we're, we're used to a time, ta- you know, used to planning things virtually. And so, uh, uh, you know, we'll be that much more effective, I think, this year.
0: I think a lot of our members are curious how this year's convention going virtual may impact uh, items like special awards and the Kasita Academic All-America Hall of Fame, plus having the 2020 Kasita Award honorees backlog. Um, how do you think some initial thoughts on how we might handle that uh, with the 2021 virtual convention uh, programming?
2: You know I think obviously those are events that they're cornerstones of our convention and something that we certainly um, are looking into different ways to do this virtually and to make sure that all of our honorees are honored and get the recognition that they so deserve. Um, Right now I think it's a little you know, we're still in the planning stages of, you know, what can, what can we do? What makes the most sense? Um, but members can rest assured that uh, we will have some form of uh, recognition for all of the special awards and the Hall of Fame and all of the things that we do. There will be um, a piece of that there, it, that will take place virtually, um, regardless, since they are important pieces of our convention and something that many of us look forward to um, every
4: year. Uh, the Academic uh, All-America Hall of Fame is kind of my favorite thing about the convention. So, you know, it's getting to see people and really acknowledge some greatness uh, from, that student athletes have gone to uh, in their lives. So we certainly want to do the best we can w- with dealing with the practical situation of having a lot of award winners. So um, it's a work in progress, but I, I think we'll come up with something appropriate.
0: I think for some fun and exciting news in, in regards to the convention going virtual, is what are some initial topics that the professional development committee is hoping to have um, in your programming uh, when we look at the summer?
2: You know, I think many of us, a lot of, I think a lot of our programming will be. Um, based on kind of the situ- the situation that we're all living through, um, you know, how to pivot, um, what it looks like to move, you know, a fall season to a spring season. So I think a lot of the practical things that we're kind of dealing with right now, as we gain more experience and become experts in that, um, there'll be a lot of programming uh, built on that. I think that we'll have quite a bit of you know, mental, mental health programming, um, how, you know, how to kind of, Look ahead in this in this environment, and then also um, some programming that's dealing with those of us that are dealing with budget cuts and furloughing, and you know, quite frankly, losing your job. What do you do next? And so, I think you know, those are kind of some topics that are coming out of this environment that we're in, that I think that we'll see um, programming for both at the virtual convention, then also throughout our continuing ed um, year-round series.
4: Yeah, you know, picking up on on Jess, what you're saying about mental health, it seems like Osada the last, uh, you know, half dozen years or so has really made sure that we have some mental health uh, discussion at the convention, which uh, which I think is great, great for everybody. And now we probably even could could use it even more now. And uh, and talking about topics that we've been dealing with through COVID and uh, or because of all the COVID challenges. I think we all hope next year we don't have to do that. Or, um, but but certainly uh, it needs to be discussed and and the practical the practical items of budget and furloughs and and job security.
0: Well, we look forward to what your committee has in store for us in a couple months. Uh, again, continue, uh, thank you so much for your dedication to our organization, Jess and John, and what you've done with this committee and all you're doing with continuing education throughout the uh, academic year this year. We appreciate all that.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: We now welcome in two of our Cassina staff members who join us in Associate Executive Director, Will Rolison, and Director of External Affairs and Professional Development, Barb Kowal. Welcome, Will and Barb having us no problem going along the lines of what are the lessons learned from last year uh, I know last year you guys had to um, you know pivot real quickly uh, didn't have a lot of time and you guys did a fabulous job with what we were able to deliver how about making this decision now gives you guys more lead way um, and what also you guys learned from last year
3: it can only help to know you know this far in advance you know last year we anticipated that it would happen it didn't happen until April 10th. So we had a right at two months uh, to make that move, and again, we know how great a job the Professional Development Committee and others did. But now we've got a chance to not only look ahead seven months or six months from now, but also look back to you know what did we learn, how well did we do it last year? I think we got some very good uh, feedback, and most of all, we learned it takes a lot of effort. Uh, it's obvious when you're in an in-person convention that there's so many details to work out, from hotels to meals, uh, audiovisual, etc. Uh, But it feels like there's almost as much when you're in a virtual setting, how are you getting everyone's schedules uh, coordinated once you know the sessions, how are you putting all those pieces uh, together so it it looks very different. Uh, Still a lot of work to go in behind the scenes to put it all together.
1: We'll talk a little bit about our relationship with NACTA, and how that figures into this decision and how it uh, impacts uh, planning
3: uh, going forward. Sure. Again, uh, as I think most of our members know, COSIDA has a hybrid relationship uh, with an active, but obviously when it comes to our convention, we're tied at the hip. You know, and when they looked at the decision that had to be made, uh, you know, we were involved in those discussions and, and ultimately it was decided, hey, you know, we, we need to cancel and go virtual for the reasons I think we heard from John and Jess uh, a little earlier on today's program. But this discussion has been, you know, gone on for a while. This doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not like we just found out yesterday and we're you know announcing this here in mid-december you know we've known his staff and the board for a little bit a little while now um trying to put everything together so um you know that relationship is strong it continues to, to do well i think everyone is aware that we extended the contract relationship with them from 2026 you know earlier this, this summer so uh, we look forward to continuing that partnership and most importantly we look forward to hopefully as early as 2022 uh, getting together and having what uh, one of our members I've been named a few years ago, a family reunion uh, in person. They say the devil's in the details. Obviously,
1: in a convention, there's a multitude of details that have to be developed and worked out. And certainly, in a virtual convention uh, that expands itself, talk about a little bit about that process. How how we'll figure out those details, such as, as
3: uh, timing and format. Uh, well, certainly, you know. The staff will work with with Ward and with the programming committee, but, you know, there's some decisions that need to be made, you know, in the fairly near future, and, you know, they go just to the heart of what it's going to look like. You know, what are the dates? Uh, You know, will it be on the mid-June dates that we would have been in person uh, in Orlando? Uh, What is the format? How many sessions uh, can our members expect to be part of? And then, you know, is there any, you know, cost involved? Uh, Last year, you know, we were free. Uh, Does that uh, process maintain the same? Uh, for next year. So uh, certainly staff and board will be working on this diligently in the very near future, um, because that really will set the stage what the programming committee is able to fill in terms of hours uh, of programming, numbers of sessions. Uh, I know Barbara and the programming committee have been looking at some, some breakout sessions to make it a little more, um, you know, not one-on-one, but small group, because the one thing that you tend to miss in a virtual convention is a lot is the networking. You know, you're not sitting around, uh, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee. You're not uh, you know leaning against the wall just having a conversation sometimes those are better better uh, more better learning opportunities than you want might find in the sessions so i can integrate some degree of networking to bring that family feel uh, into a virtual setting
0: barb we just heard from jessica and john the co-chairs of a professional development committee and you are the staff liaison with that committee and have vast experience with our convention <laughs> programming over the years can you elaborate on maybe on some of the hurdles that we need to clear or some, or, or some answers that we still need in the coming months that might help this committee and, and your, your work with this?
5: Yes, uh, thanks, Sam. You know, um, a, lot of, a lot of great things have just been said um, in this conversation today. Uh, you know, the one thing we are gonna miss is the networking, the in-person connections. Uh, but I do wanna say one thing, I know a lot of people are gonna be disappointed, but the engagement, the support, and the investment by our members and our colleagues last year, as we went to the virtual environment, was really second to none. And so that's what we're going to build on. We're going to take. We're going to. We're going to re- remember exactly what was successful in that virtual environment. We've got a lot of data. We've got a lot of analytics. We've got a lot of numbers and statistics um, that show us what was the on-demand um, pull. Uh, what 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 did people really? gravitate towards you know we had 50, we had a lot of offerings last year we had almost 11,000 total attendance for our live sessions, nearly 2,000 on-demand views. So we knew we hit the important topics and issues. So right now we've got to figure out how do we change direction how do we do things a little differently this year It's a new world. Jess mentioned some of the things that we're going to be talking about. The other thing is we want to make sure it's targeted programming the issues really, um, you know, resonate with a Division Three member, with a Division One member, with an NAI member. So we are going to do things like breakouts, hopefully. We're going to do some more targeted programming. We're going to still do a lot of educational lounges. They might be outside the window of June, but we're certainly going to deliver those learning lab experiences for our members. And I do want to say that this year, I think we have a lot more people to pull from. We have a wonderful, wonderful professional development and education committee, but we also have different voices this year. We have the new divisional cabinets. And I think those folks are gonna go a long way in helping us deliver and target on what topics we wanna cover. And um, again, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes work. I feel like we're seasoned veterans on the Professional Development and Education Committee. However, we pulled off an unbelievable convention last year. Right now, we're still looking at what platform we're gonna use. We're looking at what other organizations are doing for their virtual setups. We're trying to learn. And at the same time, there's national associations coming to us to learn from us. So we're all sharing information across the board.
0: I know you guys set the bar high last year and we really look forward to what you guys have in store this coming year. So Barb and Will, thanks so much for joining us on Quesada Conversations to share more insight on this big news. Our pleasure, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Doug, our mailbag was light this week or, or this month, so we have no questions, but we do have a couple of Kasada plugs and uh, promotional uh, items that we want to share with everybody.
1: Yeah, that's right, Sam. The one thing I I do wanna uh, mention to everybody that uh, we do have a unique opportunity this year. We have received uh, several donations. Uh, We're open to receive more uh, to help people become members of COSIDA who have had uh, budget issues and and are unable to join. So I would encourage anyone who wants to be a member of COSIDA to apply for one of our membership dues uh, scholarships. the deadline to apply is December the 31st. And if we get more, uh, more donations, we'll extend that. Uh, you can go to cosida.com and find the link to apply for uh, one of these uh, scholarships. And the COSIDA uh, officers will be making those decisions. Sam?
0: Yeah, Doug. And, and it's a it's a season of giving as well. And if you'd like to contribute to that um, membership due scholarship uh, fund, you can go on to cosida.com slash donate. Um, and re- we really right. appreciate all those who have already donated and those that, who can still donate. So we, we thank you for that. Along the same lines, uh, this being the holiday season, if you are volunteering in your communities um, safely, uh, please don't forget to fill out your Kosaita volunteer hours. You can go to casadacom volunteer 15 to learn more about that program. And another program that just opened up recently is our Fred Stabley Senior Writing Contest. Um, and opening up soon will be our Publications Digital Design Contest. For both of those, you can go to KSIDA.com and backslash Stably, and also KSIDA.com backslash Publications for more information um, on how do you get, get involved and make your entries today. And lastly, our next episode in January will be focused on the Membership Recognition Week, which will be from January 20th uh, January twenty sixth. So we look forward to talking more about that and and recognizing our membership in that regards. Doug, that's one of my favorite uh, weeks of the year that, you know, as far as what Kasita does.
1: Well, it's a great week for us. It's an advocacy resource. We get a lot of good response from both internally and our external stakeholders. We've got a lot of friends out there and uh, probably haven't had a year that it's more important to our membership uh, than we uh, that we reach out and make this a, a very special week again
0: doug and this being our last episode of 2020 in the, this calendar year what is something that you are going to remember about this past year and what do you wish for for next year
1: well first of all i'm glad it's 2020 uh, is about over hadn't been a, a great year and uh, I guess you know I'll remember a lot of things about this year i don't think there's been a year in our prof- a year ever in our profession that uh, uh, has been impacted more and, and not in a good way but I will say this: the one thing that has impressed me throughout this time period, since since we heard about this in March, is how our members have adapted, how they have picked up, uh, and said what's next. And some of them have done things beyond their normal job descriptions. Uh, but uh, you know, we we are a resilient bunch of, of uh, people, and I think uh, I, I'm just very impressed and very proud to be a part of this profession and. Uh, I'll always remember how we how we responded to uh, a difficult situation in terms of next year um, I hope our members uh, will, will continue and I think they will uh, will not have a whole lot of trouble dealing with the, the overlap of scheduling it's going to be challenging and uh, I hope I hope things calm down on the, on the health front and uh, student athletes get an opportunity to compete without much interruption and, and uh, our members, Basically survive. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough year, definitely.
0: Yeah, you you said it great there about 2020 and how our membership adapted with everything. I also I'm hopeful that maybe some of the the ways that we've been able to do our work, um, um, so a lot of us doing our work remotely, maybe it will help that work life balance uh, for many of our members in this profession um, in the future too. Um, you know, but definitely looking forward to. 2021 um in the new year um, and definitely heading, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, there's still some months to go, uh, but we'll get there and we know we will. Um, but it's just been great to see our membership and organization rally around each other uh, during these difficult times this past year.
1: Sam, I'm just looking forward to 2022 when our convention goes to Las Vegas in person. I can't imagine the hugs in the hallway uh, that we'll all have uh, seeing each other again finally
0: agree 100% there. So on behalf of the Kasina Executive Board of Directors and staff, we would like to wish everyone a happy holiday and safe and healthy holiday season and new year. And we look forward to chatting with you in January.